Penguin. Guess what? What's up? It's time for another Sex with Penguins podcast. Already? <laughs> it's only been like three months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they won't know that. Oh, well now you know. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Sex with Penguins podcast. I'm Christine. And I'm Sarah. And do, do our voices sound phony or what? <laughs> This is our happy peppy voices. Well, I'm feeling pretty happy and peppy at the moment. I am too. The, the coffee's starting to kick in. I'm starting to sweat. Things are good. You're starting to sweat? Yeah. Does coffee make you sweat? Yeah, it sure does. Oh, wow. Coffee makes me happy. But I have, so far today, I went to the gym, and I went to the grocery store, and I baked a cheesecake. Oh, my God. Now I'm feeling super-duper accomplished, and I did, I did some work too, but it was mostly about the cheesecake. Wow, that's awesome. What kind of a cheesecake did you make? It's a uh, a low-fat cheesecake, <laughs> which is wow. kind of embarrassing. No, but, it's, um, it's cool. It's like a little, it's got an Oreo cookie crust, and then it's got the cheesecake mixture with cho- little mini chocolate chips in it. Ooh. This, ooh my door and something just, just fell. <laughs> <laughs> my, my back door is open, and it, like, so that the breeze can come through, and the breeze just shut the door for me. So we have a full... Um, a full schedule here, I understand. Yes, we do, Sarah. I've done some research. All right. I did a little research, too. I have a possible segment that might amuse you, um, but we'll, we'll see if we get to it. I might, I might save it for another time. Okay. There's, there's a teaser. Okay. Well, we have so much that um, w- there might be leftover, or maybe this will be a long podcast, or we'll see what happens. Yeah. What, uh, what did you want to start with? I think let's let's start with the movie that you were talking to me about. Yeah, so I asked you recently if you. Oh had wait, wait seen... let's do our intro first, though. Didn't we already do it? No, the 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 this segment. Look at the, look at your paper. Oh. <laughs> you ready? Yes, I'm ready. This is the Sex with Penguins. Looks, looks at, at books. books. Uh, documentaries. Yeah, actually. documentaries this time. So yeah, I was uh, I watched uh, Going Clear, the movie, the documentary about Scientology mm-hmm. um, last Friday, and it really everybody wanted to watch it. We all watched it together, the whole fam family. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting, and um, it, it kind of unhinged me in a way watching it. It 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 gave me a crisis of faith that I didn't have, <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm. So I'm watching. So the, the the documentary is all about the the story of how Scientology got started with L. Ron Hubbard and all of that that business. And there's lots and lots of interviews with um, people who have left Scientology. Mm-hmm. Of course, they don't talk to anybody in it because they don't talk to anybody apparently. Right. Um, but you know, I won't I won't go into the details of, of the movie. But it's about Scientology and um, how kind of weird and wacky it is. Okay, let me just, uh, uh, this, the movie we're talking about is Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief. Yes. Uh, it was made by HBO. It was, a, it was an HBO documentary, but it wasn't just like a straight-to-HBO flick. It was released in theaters, which I thought was unusual. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, it was released in theaters March thirteenth, two 2015, and it was on, it premiered on HBO March 29th. So some people saw it beforehand, which worked a lot of people up into a froth before okay. it even appeared on HBO. And so I'm only a year out of date here. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw it for the first time r- not too long after it first came out. Uh, okay. 
I've, I've been wanting to see it and just finally finally got the opportunity recently. So the, the thing that got to me about it, I mean, other than some of the unpleasantness that was described by the former members of this church, I guess they, I don't know if they call it a church. Yeah, they call it the Church of Scientology, yes. don't they? Yes, that's a huge... Um, th yeah. That was all very disturbing and upsetting, you know, the... the um, having to distance yourself from family members who aren't participating in the way that they should and just all the weirdness. But the thing that, that kind of like blew my mind and had me thinking about it for days and days was the idea that this, this is a religion that was made up by some guy uh, based, kind of based on the science fiction books that he wrote. Right. Uh, and so all the... Um, the mythology and the origin stuff that that most religions have as their base, whether it's you know it's like the Bible, it's like where where do we come from and what's what's our story? Um, was he just made it up? Mm -hmm. So my um, <laughs> the thing that kind of blew my mind about it was, well, aren't they all like that? Isn't that just what it is? I mean, somebody made up, somebody wrote down the Bible, right? Yes. It, that that kind of that concept never occurred to me before. Mm. So so all of these and this one is the reason we we look at it and go, oh, that's weird, is because it's new, right? It's it's a it's a young religion. Yes, and you don't get that with older texts like the Bible or the Quran or you know whatever else. It's, mm -hmm. it's ancient and this is new, so that makes it weird. But it, doesn't that apply to all of them? Well, there's, I mean, I'm, I'm right now, uh, since the last podcast, um, one of the changes in my life is that, that I've gone uh, into ministerial school. And so, yes, and after a, a, a short hiatus when they, the ministerial school I was attending no longer was in formation and they kind of had to re, uh, <clears throat> what do they call it? Re, um, Organize? Reorganize and reboot. They had to mm -hmm. have a new uh, incarnation. And so... Um, when I'm now I'm taking you know uh, Bible classes so I I come from a background of uh, self um, self-initiated exploration I mean my family was non-religious and I sought out religion because I was I was looking for something I was see I was a seeker mm -hmm. and so I went to various different um, you know I went to a Jewish temple I went to a a Christian temple, I went to a Catholic service, I went to all kinds of different things as a kid. And so my, but my background that I chose for myself was a Baptist background. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with the Bible, but I wasn't like a Bible student, you know, I wasn't like a Bible scholar. I, I would read it on my own, but I wasn't really that familiar as we, <laughs> as shown as the, in the last <laughs> episode we did where, the, where we screwed up the nativity story completely. Yeah. Um, I'll be getting better on all that stuff. <laughs> we screwed but, up. We screwed up Sodom and Gomorrah as well. Not too long did ago. Did we? Mm -hmm. How could we miss that? How could we not know about that? I know. Anyways, um, so uh, it's the 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 question of belief is an interesting one, but for example, with um, Buddha and Krishna and Jesus and all the major deities. Um, it's a question as whether or not do we, you know there's sort of evidence that Jesus actually was a guy mm -hmm. um, but you know how do we really know we don't you know I, I I question myself because one of the classes I'm taking is on astrotheology and um, 
like the pagan traditions, the shamanism and paganism. And basically in every major religion, there is a Jesus guy. There mm -hmm. is that character and he has the same characteristics. He can walk on water, he can turn water into wine, he has mana, it's all these things that this particular dude does. Krishna does it, there's, and then there's the Holy Trinity. So there's a lot of similarities in religions. And, you know, how do we know how it came up? The Bible was written by, written and rewritten by so many different people. And there is, uh, you know, controversy as to what, which, which Bible is the true Bible and all that kind of stuff. So did I lose you there with my ranting? No, I'm, I'm here. I'm just, I have something to say, but I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for a break. <laughs> <laughs> God, sooner or later christine will shut up and i can actually <laughs> say something go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> well i was just going to say that the, the that the, the similarities make sense to me in in terms of them being fairly ancient right right and these right. things this is this is evolution and this right. is cross-pollination right um is that right what do you mean well you say the cross-pollination and the evolution of these these things and they you know become mixed and muddled and improved or whatever. No, what I said was not a cross-pollination necessarily. It's, it's they all stem from the same, there are, there are similar uh, characteristics to each religion. Okay. They've all developed their, and it's not necessarily, it's, it's actually more like a, it's more, it's more like if you and I were in a class together and we learned all this stuff, and then each one of us decided to start our own religion, and then there are, certain and then we left and like 20 years went by and we had not talked to each other and we each started our own s separate religion there would be characteristics that are you know part of that but then we all, all still have the same class notes got it yeah so the the, the origins are connected yeah or they, all seem, they all seem to come from pagan pagan origins is what mm -hmm. i'm getting out mm -hmm. of this class okay and I can, and uh, I will actually sooner or later, whenever I do this, I don't know when it will be, but because I've been saying that I'll do this and it just hasn't been happening, but um, I can put up a link to the book that I'm reading, which is pretty interesting. It's called um, Astrotheology and Shamanism, I think, mm -hmm. and it's a pretty interesting book, and it, it kind of explains the all the myths and stuff about religions, and it's 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 very interesting. I don't know if I buy all of it, but you know that that's the thing. Y you you decide for yourself the difference about scientology though is that until rec very recently the secret stuff that we, that that we now know the xenu story and the thetans mm -hmm. and all that stuff that was only known to people who were at the very top echelon levels of scientology and now, did that come out in this documentary or is it before that it was before that okay um, and and th one of the things that I want to uh, link to eventually, but anybody can find it right now, and, and, and I bet you a lot of people seen it because I want to say it, it was in 2005 that this was released. Mm -hmm. This this was 2015. Ten years before that, South Park did an episode, and I know I talked to you about it when we were when I first watched it. Do you remember this? Mm -mm, no. When when I first watched it and I was talking to you on the phone about it, I said you can save yourself an hour or two hours, however long the the movie is, by watching a three-minute clip from South Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because there is this little th three-minute clip that says, and it keeps flashing on the screen, this is what Scientologists actually believe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it's basically showing you the whole story about Xenu and dropping the 
the Thetans into the uh, volcano and how they attach to babies and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, but that, but yeah, somebody busted out of the thing and said, you know, busted out of the echelon and said, this is what they tell you at the very top levels. Mm -hmm. And if mm. you knew that at the very beginning, you'd never sign up for all these classes. Right. I wonder if this is if this movie is impacting their their numbers. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, what else were you going to say? Um, I was not brought up going to church uh, or anything like that. I did go to church with relatives when I was little. Like I would go to visit my aunt in in Maine, and we would go to she was she was big big into church, and I would go to that. I actually went to vacation Bible school one summer. Me too. Uh, so I I did know some you know, some Bible stuff, um, grandmothers and other relatives gave me children's Bibles for my birthday, that sort of thing. Um, so, so I, you know, like I said, it was like when, when I watched this movie and I started kind of digging deeper and thinking about um, the origins of all religions, not just Scientology, the weird one, um, it sort of it gave me a crisis of faith that I didn't have. Is how I, I put it in my head. You know, it's like it's like wow, they're all bullshit. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was kind of it was weird, but I, I I get now like now that you were talking about the um, the origin the origins the oranges the <laughs> origins of um, most of the you know the, the big three or four that we know about um, that are connected because of their shared history, because of their, their actual origins mm -hmm. starting to be articulate, it makes more sense to me that, that it really is different. Scientology is different. Uh, yeah, it's different because it's a scam. <laughs> it's different because of the fact that, uh, I mean, you can, it, I mean, people have said this for the longest time. You, you either seem to think, you know, religion itself is a whole big scam. You can mm -hmm. go that way if you want to and just say it's all a bunch of BS and this is all a bunch of made-up stories that people are choosing to believe in and that's because they're all afraid of their own death. And I mean, there's you've heard that whole mm -hmm. line of thought. Right. Um, or you can, you can take a curious... I mean, the thing that I think is the reason I'm becoming... Be, became a, a practitioner and became... and, and my mouth is not working and am becoming a minister is because I'm really curious. I want to know mm -hmm. and I'm interested. And so to me, religion is not as interesting as the experience of spirituality has been because when you have an actual experience, there's no doubting it. There's no, you know, it's your own experience. And so nobody has to tell you anything about it. And nobody has to believe you or not. Right. It's, it's it doesn't matter. You know, mm -hmm. to, to me, the experiences that I've had in meditation and prayer, the experiences that I've had in my lifetime, that's all the convincing that I need. And I don't really care if anybody believes me or not. Mm -hmm. I know what I believe. And I'm continually having, because of the fact that I'm taking these classes and stuff, I'm continually having to look at, well, what do you believe? You know, what do I believe about this stuff? And, you know, is there any room for you know one of the jokes that the the teacher of my class continually makes and it's one that river michael makes as well is um you know they call it the new thought movement but most people haven't had a new thought in years <laughs> 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 because they're just recycling the same stuff over and over again mm -hmm. so it's like you know 
the 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 difference with Scientology is the fact that it's you pay and pay and pay and pay and before they declare you clear right and um one of the things that I brought up to to bring to the table on this discussion is um let's look at let's look at the actual um dictionary definition of religion um because the one of the things that uh interested me about the movie was the fact that the whole crux of the thing the whole basis of their power was on convincing the IRS that they were a religion right and so and and it's it's funny because I was reading this I was thinking oh this doesn't mean what I thought it meant so Webster's de definitionary definitionary <laughs> I like that new word. <laughs> definitionary. <laughs> Webster's definitionary of religion is a set of beliefs concerning the cause, nature, and purpose of the universe. Okay. So under that, Scientology is religion, right? Yes. Especially when considered as the creation of a superhuman agency or agencies. God? Question mark? Yeah. Is that what that means? Uh... It could mean Xenu. We don't know. Mm. Especially when considered as the creation of a superhuman agency. Superhuman agency. Usually involving devotional and ritual observances. In Scientology's case, that is writing checks continually. Right. And often containing a moral code governing the conduct of human affairs. Do they do that? Well, yeah, they beat people. Right. If you if if the documentary and what people are saying is to be believed, Ugh, it's just awful. It was really awful. I I, mm -hmm. I was not happy about rewatching it. I stayed up last night to rewatch it. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry could, about that. That's okay. <laughs> um. So actually, if this is the definition of religion, Scientology is religion. Which was my question. Like, well, they're not a religion, but yeah. under this definition, they really are. I feel like what's missing from, I guess, you know, that's not, it's not in the dictionary, but I, I would also like to, to read what the IRS's definition of religion is. Yeah, really. I want to know about the good works. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, to me, that what makes, uh, you know, a church like a nonprofit is that that's what is, they're helping people and they're supporting other, they're supporting humans. And yep. I'm not aware that Scientology does that. At least it wasn't in this documentary, which well, is all that I know about Scientology. Yeah, they they did raise that question. That mm -hmm. was one of the, one of the things that one of the guys was talking about. He says that was the reason why that they're considered to be uh, a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's the next question. Scientology is it a nonprofit? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, no, they are making a big profit, right? They, they are at at according to this documentary and according to what I've seen online, they are worth anywhere between one point two and one point five billion dollars, and that is just the, uh, one report was said this is from the top two um, centers, mm -hmm. and the other one said this is the top three centers, the one point five billion dollar mark. Mm -hmm. And what are those people in the Sea Org being paid? Nothing. 60 cents an hour. Yeah. So where's the money going? Yeah. And, well, you know, how much is the Catholic Church, church worth? Hey! 
I have that fact right here. Do you? Oh, you are so prepared. You've been working hard. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really was. I was working hard last night because that was my question. And it's like, okay, well, so the uh, Scientology has $1.5 billion. The Catholic Church, which is a really old religion, how much yes. is the Vatican worth? How much? So tell me. I will tell you as soon as I can pull up that tab. How much is the Vatican worth? Survey says. Higher or lower? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, let's play a little game of low-high. High-low here. <laughs> Just stealing from somebody else. No, I have no idea. Banker's guesses about the Vatican's wealth put it at, what would you guess? I can't. I really have no idea. $10 billion to $15 billion. <whistles> Wow. Of this wealth, Italian stock holdings alone <gasps> run to $1.6 billion. 15% of the value of listed shares on the Italian market. Wow. So Catholicism owns 15% of Italy. That's amazing. Of the what, Italian what market. What a fact. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. The Vatican has big investments in banking, insurance, chemicals, steel, construction, and real estate. Holy smokes. Literally. <laughs> so if, if Scientology does survive... Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how old Catholicism is itself. That wasn't a fact that I looked up, but mm -hmm. pretty darn old. Yes. If Scientology hangs on, you know, they're shooting for, for big time here. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't, know what, I don't know what to do with that information. Well, we can just move on. <laughs> yeah. We're, I think we're not going to solve any, solve any problems here. I just, I did, I did want to talk about it with you, and it, it's been really helpful and educational actually well, there's there's, there's so much about that that documentary that's upsetting i mean there's yes. so much about it that just is like you know at the other the other thing that i pulled up well first of all um how big is scientology really i pulled up some facts about that mm. scientology says in 2011 they were saying that they had 10 million members wow. and i have an article that broke it down and they said well what they're really considering members is anyone who has ever picked up the book Dianetics. Okay. So if you've even read a paragraph of that book, they considered you a member of Scientology. Oh. Well, not me. Right. I've never even seen. So they have 10 million. They're saying that they have 10 million members. They're really, the numbers, this is, of course, according to a 2011 article that I read, they really have 25,000 members out of 30 million members in the U.S. I mean, 30 me million people in the U.S. Okay. Wait, 300 million people. Let's get our numbers right. That's very small. 300 million people, right. So that means one out of, and these are only the people that will admit to being Scientologists, though. You've got to keep mm -hmm. that in mind, because even mm -hmm. Scientologists know that they have a bad reputation. Mm -hmm. So only when they took the U.S. Census and they asked people about their religion, only one out of every 12,000 Americans admitted to being a Scientologist. Wow. So that's not really big. And the article that, I sh that had, had a graph in it showing what is the relation of Scientologists to, and then they had all these really obscure religions. Like there are more Rastafarians in the U.S. than there are uh, Scientologists. No kidding. Yeah. So why do we care so much about them? Gee whiz. Because they're disturbing. Yes, they are. <laughs> and they have, they have such a history 
according to the people who've, who've come out of the religion, quote unquote religion, they have so much history of abuse and horrible things, but so does the Catholic Church. True. Which has they have a much longer history of that. Yes, which has what in it? Running rampant. Oh dear, yeah. Well, not to mention the Inqu Inquisition. Spanish pretty, Inquisition. That was pretty bad. Yep. <laughs> but um, so th I think the thing that that upset me the most in that was the woman whose daughter had to, what do they call it when they have to disassociate? Oh yeah. my God, that broke my heart and yeah. just dropped it right out of my stomach. Well, what really worried me was they started showing, and I, I, I don't think they, maybe he just wasn't coming forward, didn't want to come forward, but they kept showing pictures of her teenage son. And yes. I, I thought, oh my God, is he dead? Because he, did, he didn't consent to the interview, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I kept thinking, is he gone? I mean, why are they showing me pictures? I was all ready for heartbreak. Yeah. So just to explain that, um, the uh, if if somebody leaves the organization and and you know or questions it in any way, their even their family members, their very closest family members, are made to disassociate from that person who's who's not I forget what they call them, but who's not. Um, towing the line with Scientology and this woman uh, had a daughter who was, I think she was in the Sea Org and she said, I, I have to disassociate from you, I can't talk to you anymore. And I just, think it's, I think they call it SP, suppressive person. Suppressive person, there you go. Yeah, you watched it more recently so you've got yeah. all those, those words in, in, in your mind. Yeah, they have their own jargon. Yeah. Anyway, so to the, the last thing I wanted to say about this documentary was something that actually really impressed me about it. And that was the, the former Scientologists who came forward to talk about it. Yeah. And they were all, to a one of them, ashamed of themselves. Yes. They were very ashamed, and yet there they were. And I was really taken with and impressed with the fact that they came forward and were talking about it. In, in this thing that they were so ashamed of. Most people, when they're ashamed of something, they don't talk about it. Right. But these people did, and I just, I, I admired them for it. Yeah. Yeah, and what the other thing that really impressed me, and I, I really love that they included it, is they show, you know, like one of the high-ranking guys in the Sea Org who left, he left in like 2007, and they thought he was dead. Mm. And then it shows him fishing. <laughs> and they said, no, he just went to Mexico. He, got, he went to That's Mexico, right. totally disassociated from everybody in the organization. His whole family was told that he was a suppressive person. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to Mexico, and he hooks up with a new young wife and has a baby. Well, go him. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it showed the two, uh, like a couple of the other ones. One guy got out a couple of years later and went looking for him. And it shows the two of them, and they look really happy. Mm -hmm, and they good. look like they're having a nice life now. So mm -hmm. I, I was happy about that, that people actually do get out. And, um, yeah, so that, that made me happy. And the, the other thing I wanted to say just about this is, um, again, going to our little dictionary here, is the definition of a cult. Mm -hmm. A particular system of religious worship, especially with reference to its rites and ceremonies, which is a pretty broad description. It is, yeah. That's kind of not what it means to me. It always yeah. needs to have some charismatic leader, right? To me, yep. An instance of great veneration of a person, ideal, or thing, especially mm. as manifested by a body of admirers. A body of admirers. I would like, like one of those. <laughs> <laughs> David David Miscavige in that yeah. those creepy creepy videos of, of oh, him in those the, Nazis. Nazi. Yeah. 
crazy on the stage crazy okay. that's enough let's not give them any more attention but you know if, go watch it because it's it, there's a lot to think about and talk about yeah and look up uh, look up the rest of the definitions of cult too and okay. decide for yourself is it a religion is it a cult what is it exactly and the only the only last thing that i had here as a, as a note that i just wanted to and they said this real quick and it just went right by but it was something that caught my attention is that and that is that uh apparently Again, according to this documentary, and you always have to take documentaries with at least a grain of salt, if not a lot more, mm. um, because documentaries, although they're not supposed to, often go in with a belief that, you know, and then they seek to prove that belief, which is, you know, the opposite of scientific research and the opposite of <laughs> yeah, sure. documentaries. But um, uh, that, that it said that they f were in part responsible for funding the initiative to pass Proposition 8, which happened in 2008, and it it did uh, pass, and that was the um, was gay, the gay marriage, gay thing, marriage initiative, yes. And they were yeah. calling it, misleadingly enough, the gay marriage initiative, and actually it was to strike down gay marriage. Right. And Propos I, Proposition hate, I remember them Hate, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no hate. So... The, the the really weird thing about that was I was I was shocked when that happened in California mm -hmm. and I said come on California man you know how did this happen and the fact that they funneled money into that proposition that kind of cleared up something for me yeah that's personally. really suspicious yeah I thought so too and yeah. we don't know I mean you know again we have no idea we're just talking about what was presented in this documentary right Ugh. enough okay palate cleanser yes should we go for Christine's kinky corner? Oh my! Why don't we Why don't we do the sex fact? So, sex fun fact, Sarah. Hit me. Okay, this is for you, and this is our question. Do you think that your mother's egg, which became you, was in your grandmother? <gasps> no, I don't think I do. You don't think so? Okay, here are your, here are your, your uh, multiple choice answers. Definitely, most probably, not likely, or impossible. I'll repeat the question again. For those <laughs> no, playing I at home. I got the question. I got the question. So no, they, might, they might not know the question because it's very distinct. It's like a, 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 a what is that, the enigma wrapped in a riddle mm. thing? Do wrapped you, in a chocolate eclair. Wrapped in a creamy nougaty center. <laughs> Do you think your mother's egg which became you, was in your grandmother. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, you just switched your answer. <laughs> I did. I did. I thought about it. So you're saying definitely? Well, here's the thing that I don't know. Yes. I don't know. I've forgotten. I, th I think I did know this at one point. What, the, are the eggs already, like, all in you when you're born? All right, here's the answer. Are you ready? Tell, yes, please tell me. Okay, because you I'm on the edge of my seat. You flip-flopped in your answer. I'm, I'm on the edge of my yoga ball. <laughs> you would be you would be ejected if this was an actual game show. <laughs> nope. Is that your final answer? Okay. Your mother's egg, which eventually was fertilized by dad and became you, was most definitely within your grandmother. That's because a female fetus develops all the eggs ogocytes she will ever have during pregnancy. This means that when your grandmother was pregnant with your mother, your mother's eggs were created. 
then when your mother was pregnant with you, the egg that became you had been in your grandmother. Oh, I like that. That makes me so happy. <laughs> if you have any sisters or brothers with the same mom or first cousins by aunts on your mother's side, they were also within your grandma. Oh, I if, like it. If you have a baby girl, which you do. I do. She's not much of a baby anymore. When you're pregnant with her, you'll have your future grandchildren in you too. Oh, that's great. I love it. How cool is that? That is awesomely cool. It makes me so happy. So you could potentially have already had your own grandchildren within you. It's like time travel. It is. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that great? That is an amazing fact. I did not know that. Well, thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's your sex fun fact for the day. For this, the spiritual practice. If you go back to spirituality. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we were going to talk about um, a couple of spiritual practice items as well. Do you want to go first? Uh, yes, I will. Uh, I'm, I'm not prepared for the one you, you put in for me. I am. But you can, if you have questions, you I'm, can ask. I'm, I'm going to do that one too. But, okay. uh, so remember when we talked about, uh, I, I recently had a procedure that was gruesome. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and this is Christine, by the way. I always think that we sound alike once we start talking. I, re I don't think so. Really? No. But, you, but you know what your own voice sounds like. I was I was like. I was listening to us and I thought who said that me or her I didn't know if I'm not paying attention yeah I can probably but hopefully people who are listening are paying eagle, so who are you? eagle, eagle ear attention <laughs> they're probably doing they're probably doing twenty other things if they're listening to this but that's okay that's what I do all right so um, this is Christine and uh, I just I had to have this gruesome colonoscopy procedure. Um, and so I, I don't know, you know, I don't know how, what the age of our listeners are, um, but it's pretty gruesome and you're headed there at some point, no matter how old you are. Um, but fortunately, because of the fact that we have such great, um, you know, technology has come so far that we can do these wonderful things and we can actually shove cameras up our own butts and <laughs> take a look at what's going on and everything. Was it, was it a DIY colonoscopy? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Although that's, I'm sure that's in the future that you can just you can just swallow a little camera pill. Yeah. And it'll take all the pictures all the way down for you. That would be cool. Yeah. A little video of its life in your body. It's coming. I know it I is. Would, I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> the minute you get you swallow it, you give it a look around the room and then you swallow it. <laughs> anyway, so the to prepare for a colonoscopy, which is gruesome. Um they they make you drink this stuff and it's just horrible i mean it's just horrible and you have to drink like eight ounces of this junk every half an hour and it's uh, it's horrible it's like this huge gallon jug that you have to just down a little at a time and it just gets to be uh, horrible and then you're like you know running to the bathroom every five minutes and I, i'll spare you all that but i've just told you so you don't have to worry about it um, yeah we, we know it's gruesome it is it's we gruesome. That. yeah, yeah. And so how I got through drinking that stuff is I turned it into a spiritual practice. So I offer this up as just, you know, if you're, if you're ever in a situation in your life, this is where the rubber meets the road in spirituality when you really have to get through something hard. Right. And so every time I, as I was drinking that stuff, every half an hour, I would just go into a place where I was, I just would s sort of think of some new things to be grateful for. 
So that was where my mind was when I was drinking this stuff. So that I just, it eventually became like I didn't even, I wasn't even really tasting what I was drinking anymore because I was thinking about all the things that I was grateful for. That's nice. So I would try to list a whole list of things. Like I was, I was drinking it and, you know, I started when it was daylight and ended when it was dark. And I was drinking and looking out in my backyard and saying, I'm so grateful for those roses that just bloomed. I'm so grateful that the grass is green. I'm so grateful that I have a roof over my head. I'm so grateful that I have food in the, I mean, you know, just anything I could think of. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really actually quite nice that that part was quite nice. So I just offer that up that you, that gratitude is a wonderful spiritual practice and it can get you through some really brutal things. It's sort of like going into your happy place when you're having dental work done. Yes, exactly. That's, that's what I do is like you just have to go somewhere else. And it's not shutting off from it, but it's it's focusing on something else that's nice. <laughs> well, you can meditate. You can focus on your breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can do that in a mindful way, not to just make it go away, but to to really be in the moment, but to be present with the gratitude and not necessarily the fact that this stuff tastes awful. Right. So that's just what I was. That's just what I was going to offer up. Good for you. That's why after when I talked to you later, you you were so you were upbeat about it. In spite of it having been a gruesome, a gruesome thing. Yeah, and I'm and I am a, a born again colonoscopy fan. So if you, if you have the opportunity to do it, do it. It's it's you can learn some wonderful things about yourself, and it's a wonderful way to prevent. It's a wonderful preventive tool that we have today. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just I was so grateful the fact that I could actually go and do it. Very nice, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm going to read this. Um, Oh, I see there's pictures on your Facebook page. Uh, so Sarah is um, one of the wonderful things about Sarah. There are so many wonderful things about Sarah. But one of the wonderful things that Sarah does is she volunteers her time regularly. And she makes service a part of her, of her own uh, contribution to her community. And she posted something on her Facebook page that I want to read to you. And this is was posted on, um, talk about Union Station for a sec, Sarah. Sure. Union Station is a homeless services organization in my town. It's the big one. There's, there's lots of wonderful places and organizations and churches and such, but this is the real big one. And they have a, an adult um, residential center where I go each week, and I, we've probably talked about this before, I go each week and work in the kitchen there preparing breakfast. And I've been doing it for um, a bit over a year. And I love it. You know, I start. I started when I was laid off from my job, and part of it was, um, yes, I do like the community service, of course, and I do like giving and all that stuff. But I wanted to be a part of a team too, because when I now that I'm working at home, it's just me and the client. So um, I, I really missed the feeling of being on a team and being with those people, the other volunteers, the kitchen staff. Um, who actually work there is, is really scratches that itch to be on a team. So that, that's, that's what I do there. So I just wanted to read this because I thought this was really cool. So she was like, uh, she was the volunteer highlight for the Nos- National Volunteer Week. Right, which is this week, yeah. Oh, cool. So it says, our next volunteer highlight for National Volunteer Week is Sarah, shown here with members of the adult kitchen crew. Sarah, are, are you willing to let people see this picture? Sure. Okay, cool. Um, 
Sarah says, I've been volunteering weekly at the Adult Center for about 18 months, preparing and serving breakfast with the staff there. I absolutely love working there. It's great to be a part of a regular team working together to support the community. Every week is meaningful and memorable in some way. I feel privileged to work with the staff at the Adult Center. They are incredible and work so hard with such a positive and compassionate attitude. Sharing smiles with the breakfast clients absolutely makes my week. Basically, what I do is show up, smile, and do what needs doing. Seems simple, but I feel rewarded knowing that my presence, positive attitude, and willingness to work makes a difference. It absolutely does, Sarah. Thank you for being part of the solution. Yeah, that was nice to see. I thought it was so cool. Yeah. And I, it's true. All that stuff is absolutely true. I mean, they asked me certain questions that, that I needed to answer, and the questions that they put in aren't, aren't included as part of their post. Um, but it all, it somehow it just flowed together really well. So I guess they, they wrote their questions well. Awesome. Yeah. The thing that came to me when I was uh, writing that quote was the part about just have it, having it simplified down to show up, smile, and do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And that, like, that's when I really started to, to dial back and, and figure out what, what I did there, what was, I think one of the questions was, what what special thing do you have to offer mm -hmm. to, to your volunteer um, position? I was like, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't have anything special. I'm not like a you know master chef or anything. But I was like, well, okay, here's what I do. And, and I guess that is special. You know, if you show up with a good attitude and just do, do the work that you're asked to do, that's exactly what's required. That's what's needed. Well, sometimes, honestly, if I'm having a, if I'm having a day... Sometimes just a stranger smiling at me can just totally make my day. Yeah. Or or just one nice thing that somebody says to you. I mean, mm -hmm. they, and people don't seem to realize. I mean, that just it means a lot. It really to, does. To have yeah. somebody, I mean, to have somebody serve you. Mm -hmm. That's it, and especially if you're homeless. I mean, my God, that must that must be amazing. Yeah, and so the eye contact thing is pretty important to me too. Growing up in a in a city as I did. We were taught as children not to make eye contact. You oh, know, wow. Oh, yeah. Don't, especially with homeless people. They're scary and bad. You know, if you make eye contact, they'll, they'll talk to you or ask you something or try and get money out of you. So, um, and that just must be so dehumanizing to experience, to have people walking by you and never looking at you. Oh, mm. you know, talk about feeling invisible. So, you know, make, making that eye contact and smiling is really important to me. Um, do you want to move on to Christine's kinky corner? What's in that kinky corner? The Christine's kinky corner. We need a jingle right here. I think that was it. Does, does, it, does it have cushions? Are there snacks? <laughs> there are shackles on the wall in my kinky corner. <laughs> so I went to my chiropractor yesterday. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm I'm good friends. My chiropractor, it's I have actually two chiropractors. It's a husband and wife team, and I never know who's going to work on me in, on any given day. So it's always interesting. And um, the with the, with the wife, I talk about um, I talk about uh, she's Jewish and she was a converted Jew, and she knows that I'm in ministerial school. So we talk about religion a lot. Nice. And um, so I have a s kind of standing offer with them, and I, I haven't taken them up on it yet. 
but we're, I'm going to go see a, a service. I'm going to go to a service with them because I'm just interested. In, mm-hmm. in, and so she tells me about her traditions and what it means to her, and it's really kind of wonderful. And so, but with him, he talks about all kinds of other things. He has an interest in tropical fish and all kinds of stuff. So we, I just have these great conversations with them when I'm, in, when I'm there. So I don't know what brought this up, but we were talking, and for some reason, um, he's, he brought up the term whippersnapper. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, what do you think the term whippersnapper means? A young whippersnapper, somebody right. who's, you know, sort of, um, well, young. It's, it's young, it's insult, get off my lawn, you whippersnappers, right? Mm-hmm. So he's telling me about this word, and I, like I said, I don't know how this came up, but he said, you know what it really means? And I said, no, what does it really mean? I said, I thought it meant just, you know, a young person who was rude or something. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, it says that <laughs> in, in, in days of old, a whippersnapper was a young man who used to publicly masturbate on the streets. No shit. Well, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? I mean, here I am lying on the table and he's working on me. And I said, no way. And I go, no way. And he goes, yeah, that's what he goes. And he goes, this is according to UrbanDictionary.com. And I was like, are you kidding me? I said, that is, I said, oh my God, that's great. I said, I'm going to bring that up in my podcast. <laughs> is it and true? He, Did you and then, <laughs> and then he goes, wait a minute, let me make, let me check. And he pulls out his phone. And I said, no, no, no. I don't even want to know. I'm going to go home and look it up. Don't worry about that. Uh-huh. So I'm sitting there thinking about it and I'm laying on the, this little roller table that I go to afterwards. So then I whip out my phone and I'm looking at it. <laughs> And it's totally not true. I don't know where he got this from. I don't, I have, and he told me it was Urban Dictionary, but, (laughs) and the Urban Dictionary, the, the definition is a term generally used by old persons to insult the younger generation, generation. Right, right. And then I looked it up further on um, my good friend, the, the, the dictionary, and it said that it was a 17th century term and it was actually young people used to have whips. Uh-huh. They literally had whips, and it was like they would call attention to themselves by standing around snapping their whips. Whippersnapper. And a whippersnapper was somebody who had, like, nothing to say but wanted to call t- attention to themselves. All hat and no trousers. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Just, that's, I just said the same thing as you. Somebody, somebody who calls attention to himself you don't have anything to back it up all hat, all hat no, trousers. no trousers i've never heard that term ever or is it all mouth and no trousers i think it's all mouth and no trousers is it english or something oh and it's all hat and no cattle it means the same thing i have no idea what you're talking about you're like in a, in a foreign language <laughs> <laughs> all, all mouth and no trousers i believe is an english term i was gonna say you, yeah. you live you live in a different world because you have English people around. And if you're from Texas, you say, he's all hat and no cattle. Oh, my God. (laughs) Beep, beep. Who's that? I don't know. I don't know, but that was a a good punctuation right there. (laughs) So, anyways, so basically, it had nothing to do with that. And I really, I'm dying to ask him where he got that. Because he told me it was Urban Dictionary. And I looked it up in Urban Dictionary. And then I researched the word and had nothing to do with that. So, maybe I just didn't look deeply enough into it or maybe he just got it from somewhere else but I thought that was hysterical and then as I'm going through Urban Dictionary (laughs) do you know what a what a whipper nipple this is a a sexual term 
Mm. Do you know what a whipper nipple is? I don't know, but it sounds unpleasant. It does sound unpleasant and because it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> In the process of intercourse, the male removes his genitalia and slaps the female n- nipples at an extreme rate. <laughs> At an extreme rate, even. At an extreme rate. This is the top definition in, in Urban Dictionary. And then the little, they always have a little quote using it in context. And it says, Bry, are you up for the whipper nipple? Or do you only let Seth give it to you? <laughs> <laughs> and that comes to us courtesy of Big Cock 6969. <laughs> we have him Who to probably knows what he's talking about. I guess. <laughs> But that's a that's a sexual, uh, you know. We always, I'm always finding out new different kinds of pre- spirit, spiritual practices and sexual practices. That was a sexual practice I did not know about, and well, uh, it sounds sort of um, plausibly interesting. But it's the fast rate thing that gets to me. Extreme rate. Extreme rate. At an extreme rate. Now, once or twice, you know, go for it. That might be kind of fun. But like... <laughs> I don't know. I was just like... Yeah, we and just have to laugh. <laughs> the whole thing makes me laugh. Both of those things just cracked me up. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, unbelievable. And then I have a second one to delight you with. I'm so delighted already. I don't understand it. <laughs> I'm working you up into a froth, basically. <laughs> oh, and this is a this is a callback. I don't know if you remember this, but I started. I don't know. Uh, I was actually looking at somebody's. You know how on Facebook people post pictures for your birthday. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday with candles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So somebody had a picture of a of a. It was a guy's birthday, and it was a picture of a very sexy girl, and she had a birthday cake, and she had cake uh, like uh, on different parts of her body. It was like a stripper-looking girl, mm-hmm. real, real fine body, and then she had like little artfully uh, put uh, cake on her body. So not like her Balpert whipped cream album cover, but no, 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 tight. Um, no, just it was just little little splotches of it here and there on her, and she was clothed, but she was. It was very sexy. It was a little sexy picture. So I was looking at that, and I started thinking about, <laughs> do you remember? We... I'm starting to get an inkling of a memory here. <laughs> there was a time when, I don't know why this came up, but there was a time when we used to talk about cake sitting. Do you remember this? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> And I like explain, explain <laughs> to listeners, Christine, what cake sitting might be. Well, do you know it's an actual practice? Like it wasn't just nipple snipping or whatever. <laughs> nipple snapping. Nipple, nipple whipping. Uh, whipper nipple. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Whipple. <laughs> Get them all Don't meaning. squeeze them. <laughs> Don't squeeze them. Just whip them. <laughs> um. Well, it it brought up that thought, and I was just laughing, thinking about that. There was a period of time where I used to walk, and I was dating somebody at the time. I was actually living with somebody at the time, and we used to walk through um, markets. And I can't like I can't remember why this came up, but it was a very hot day, and we were thinking, wouldn't it be nice to just sit down on one of those <laughs> cakes that was in the re- in the refrigerated section of the store? And then we started saying. <laughs> 
we started picking out different people and saying, oh, I'd like to see her sit on the cake. And we just made it into this whole thing. And it was just funny. Yeah. But then I looked it up last night. I just brought up the, this thought and I looked it up last night and it's actually a thing. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either, but I was. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but I was. Is it, is it a Japanese thing? Um, no, it's, it's a subcategory of splashing. Oh, the splashing. So I knew um, that would come back to haunt us. <laughs> so splashing is any fun with food, right? Mm-hmm. Especially messy, though, right? Messy, yes. Yeah. Very messy food. Um, splashing is a sexual practice that some people follow. And um, it's like, I don't know, stepping on baked beans or, you know, like putting chocolate on your lover or whatever. It could It could go anywhere on the spectrum mm. and <laughs> so I just looked it up and I was like oh my god I can't believe it I mean a cake sitting is an actual practice and it, it just delighted me <laughs> if you can if you can think of it there is a kink of it absolutely you absolutely. know I saw something I can't remember somewhere there's a, a series of videos of a a young Asian girl smashing her face in soft bread. <laughs> really? Yeah, somebody posted on Facebook. It was, it was something like, oh, this girl really likes her carbs. But I'm looking at it going, that's not what that's about. It's a fetish video. It's a fetish video. Oh, my God. And, and I'll share this, but I might want to cut it out. I don't know if you remember, there was a long time ago, uh, uh, a gentleman of my acquaintance and yours, posted a video on YouTube, this very randomly, of himself eating a clementine, peeling and eating a clementine, while listening to Pink Floyd playing on the stereo. And it's, he's just sitting there silently, peels the clementine, eats the, each segment, and then the video ends with this, it's kind of dark, and then the, the, this song is playing in the background. And he got so many hits on that video. <laughs> he didn't understand what was going on or oh why it was. God. But then he started looking into it and he realized he had created a fetish video for <gasps> some segment of the of society. Oh my God, that's beautiful. Who enjoyed, who enjoyed uh, a, you know, a broad, broad-chested, hairy man. Oh, please don't cut this out. <laughs> eating fruit with Pink Floyd in the dark with Pink Floyd playing in the background. Somebody I love got, it. Somebody got turned on by that. I it's, love it's it. So I absolutely love it. But yeah, the, the, the little girl, not little girl, I mean, she's like a young woman. She, she like, she's sitting and she, she takes her face. There's like a big piece of fluffy white bread and she smashes her head down it and rolls it back and forth. <laughs> And then there's another one. It's like a, a, you know, not a cup. It's nothing too messy. It's just squishy, squishy pastry or squishy bread or a big hamburger roll or something. And she smashes her head down and rolls it back and forth. Oh wow! With, with a very straight expression on her face. Wow. Yeah. Well, the this this dark tunnel that I I and you know how the internet is. You know, if, if, if you can find it on the internet, there's always someplace else to go with it, and Google will tell you where you're going to go. Sometimes. It's, it's a rabbit hole. It is a total rabbit hole. So as I'm, as I'm sort of researching this th cake-sitting thing, and it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe, of course it's, like you say, of course it's 
a fetish <clears throat> thing. And um, why didn't I sort of, that just didn't click in my head. I, we just were doing it because it was, it was sexy and it was funny. And I sort of get why it would be a fetish thing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but um, so I, a, as I was going down the rabbit hole, I find this story <sighs> brought to us by the New York Post, which is a reputable source, sort of, isn't it? Sort of, I think, yeah. I mean, sort it's not quite DailyMail.co.uk, but it's not, yeah. it's not the, uh, the Washington Post either. Well, I had actually, I think, come from another site to get to this site, but this is the story. It was an October 2015 story. And the headlines, and I'm not going to go into all of it because if, if I ever post a link to it, you can, you can go down that rabbit hole yourself because it's just dark and crazy. But a uh, kinky Orthodox priest brought down by cake porn sex tape. Well, that's a headline. Yeah. And a half. So basically, just to sort of sum up this story, <laughs> there's a Greek or Orthodox, which is really kind of severe, mm. uh, very strict religion, Greek Orthodox Church. This dude is 67, and he was uh, busted for having a an affair with uh, somebody else that was in the church who was 45 years old. Uh, both of them were married, and they were having this affair. And, of course, and I don't know why people just don't, just stop doing this, because I don't know how these things get out, but they filmed a sex tape of them uh, with his girlfriend, uh, who, who looks pretty darn good for 45, if I do say so, um, sitting on a pound cake. And what was really what really sort of cracked me up about it is it and it says this is shock it it says there was no such nod to modesty in the shocking sex tape you know be over eighteen to view this blah 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 well basically what it boils down to is she has one of those like little pound cakes that you get at Seven Eleven mm -hmm. that comes in a little uh, cellophane thing okay like and an individual serving pound cake right exactly yeah. yeah. And she puts it on a dresser and then sits on it. Well, bless her. And the, the most exciting part of it, I think, and then meanwhile, he's in a, in a mirror. You can see him sitting somewhere else in mm -hmm. his, like, undershirt on a mirror watching her do this. You watched this video? I did. Okay. It's uh, 35 seconds of uh, sheer what the fuck, <laughs> basically. <laughs> it's just like, okay, all right. Because it, it said it's shocking. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to be shocked. And then I watched it and I was like... You're still waiting. <laughs> I'm still waiting. But the, f the really funny thing was that she sits on it and then she pops the package that it's in. Mm -hmm. And she goes, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I guess that's part of the excitement of it is the fact that she sat on it and it popped the package. Oh, wow. And then she just goes this whole thing where she's describing what she's doing. And it's, it goes into their whole weird you know all the I, and i'm not even going to say weird their their particular sex practices mm -hmm. and there's a whole big story about it and and the big s scandal is the fact that he's 67 she's 45 um greek orthodox is very strict and when he took over the church he made people women cover their heads mm -hmm. uh to come to confession they had to do the old-fashioned thing of covering their heads okay no, no, we're not with pound cake. <laughs> and then it shows him, he has also got, looks like he has a foot fetish or something. It just, you know, that stuff. 
And so, <laughs> but I was like, oh my God. I mean, God bless you, Google. I mean, there's just a... There's well, God, a, a, God bless you, kinky people. Yeah. That's what I say. People. It sort of warms the cockles of my, my pound cake to <laughs> think of them having enjoying something as simple as you're watching her and filming her sit on a piece of pound cake. Yeah, but the bummer is, you know, he was... He has, he's married, she's married, they have, he has grown children. That's the scandal part of it is, you know, they were, and I guess she was on the payroll and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's, that was just their little story. And of course it all surfaced because, you know, if the internet, uh, this would like never come to the attention of anybody unless it was the internet, but it just is like, wow. Yeah. Oh, I feel like, I feel like I need to go to confession after this pod. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been to confession? Did you ever no, do that? Uh, no, no, I'm not either. Catholic. Yeah, but you, I mean, I, in your explorations, I wondered if you ever. Yeah, but you have to be Catholic to go to confession, and you have to be Catholic to like receive the b- the body and the blood of Christ. In in, uh, in, in, you have to to participate in the rituals. I think you're supposed to be Catholic. I've never, uh-huh. I've never even tried. I, I wonder. I mean, there's a Catholic church not too far from me, and they have a little confessional booth, mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to go in there. I don't know if, if average people off the street can just do that. I don't think so. I think I would think that they would they would welcome anybody who wanted to. Eh, not necessarily. No. I can I can try to. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm going to do it because I, I just I don't think I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But uh, you know, I guess you could try to like slip into a confessional booth and pass yourself off. Right. But I wouldn't know what to say. There's a thing that you have to say. You have to we've say. All, we've all seen the movies, haven't we? Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been seven weeks since my last confession. There's a there's like something that you have to say, and then you have to be prepared to go do Hail Marys and penance, right? All that stuff, and I don't know. I'm sure you can find that out on the internet too. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to. You don't have to. You don't have to. Well, I I say we wrap it up. Alrighty. Yeah. Put a bow on it. <laughs> I guess yeah, I feel I feel like I have to go take a shower after after that after looking at that the whole kinky confessions thing with the yeah. the, the Greek Orthodox priest and his. When you go shower, I'll just hang out here in the kinky corner and eat my pancake. Alrighty, <laughs> please sit on it for me, won't you? Well, I, well, I want to eat it. I don't want to. <laughs> I know that's that's the only bummer it. about that fetish. It's like you what a waste of pound cake. I know you could take an absolutely beautiful cake and sit on it, and then it's like, well, unless you have somebody there to help you eat it afterwards, um, you know. This just I would only do that with store-bought cake, like this cheesecake that I made today. There's no Too way good. anybody good to is sit gonna, on. Yeah, nobody's gonna sit on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my dear. Okay. We wrap it up and say, I love um, you. I love you too. And we're not going to bother with all that social media stuff. We'll just talk about, you know, check out sex. the website, sexwithpenguins.com. That is sexwithpenguins.com. You can listen to us a million different places. You can find us online. Um, you know what to do. Get in touch. Yeah. Let, let us know. And, and Sarah, bring up the, you had talked about, and I said, I don't think we have enough followers to do that. Mm. But if you want to, uh, if there's anything that you want us to talk about. Yeah, questions. I, I'm, I, was, I think what I was suggesting was, was soliciting questions from, from Twitter. That was my original thought was, you know, got, got any burning questions or burning sensations for that matter <laughs> that you want us to talk about or, or um, you know. What, what did you, what did Christine have for lunch today, even? 
<laughs> I don't think that's very interesting. No, but, you know, you never know. Have you sat on anything interesting recently that excited you? Right. And now it's it's terrible because I, I, I really want to watch that video with that guy in the orange segment. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. I, I think he may have taken it down when he realized <laughs> that people were getting off on yeah, it. Yeah, but if, if not, I'll send it to you. Okay, that's so sweet, though. I just think that's so sweet. All right. Have a beautiful day, you. You too. Bye. Bye.